The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. You're tuned in to Heat Check with Trista Crick. On this episode of the Heat Check, there is so much popping around the league. It is almost impossible to keep up. The Sixers get sent home in seven, and now there is absolute chaos in Philly. I think every Philadelphia podcaster is hiding still underneath their bed. They haven't even given their reactions yet. Uh, Suns get bounced, and then they fire their head coach. DeMar DeRozan is out there calling a quarter of the NBA bums. Ant Edwards is doing Ant Edwards things, and unfortunately, John Morant is still doing John Morant things. No time to waste, Nick. Drop that generic-ass beat that should be Brianna. Let's talk about this Celtics uh, Sixers series. Sixers were a cute story. Uh, They were. They really were. They made it seven games. It really was never in doubt. They had the potential to send uh, the Boston Celtics home in six. They had four minutes where all of a sudden they allowed Jason Tatum to go nuclear, and it pretty much was a wrap ever since, right? Like even the most diehard Philly fan, if you're honest with yourself. If you're a diehard Philly fan, you're probably not even listening because you probably hate my guts. But were you confident heading into Game 7? Like, were you? Were you even, like, having a modicum of, you know, excitement about going in to TD Garden on that parquet floor and thinking you were going to beat Jason Tatum, who had just come alive and found his mojo again, like he was uh, Angela Bassett and Stella got her groove back? Like, No. If you say yes, you're a liar. You are. History, of course, was against you. Uh, Doc Rivers' record in Game Sevens—they speak for themselves. I don't think he's won. I don't think he's won a Game Seven in his career as a head coach, which is crazy. Momentum was against you. Uh, you know what else? The universe seemed to be against you because you had not one but two superstars, both together have had well-documented playoff struggles. Maybe not put those two guys together. 
right? Like maybe you want to balance it out. How could you possibly have thought that this was going to go any other way than the way that it did? Insanity, what do they say? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting a different result. It is Doc Rivers coughing up leads in the playoffs. It is James Harden underperforming in the playoffs. It is Joel Embiid being injured over and over in the playoffs. Wash, rinse, dry, repeat. Wash, rinse, dry. That's them. That's them. We keep trying to say, oh, maybe 2023 will be different. Maybe 2024 will be different. Maybe 2025 will be different. At a certain point, we just got to accept reality, move on. This version of the Sixers is not working. And you know what's wild is that the Sacramento Kings, a team that's been regarded as a poverty franchise for many years now, uh, a team that has been, you know, shit on by the national media, a, a team that really has just been like the laughing stock of the league until this year. Like, they have been to the conference finals more recently than the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't mean that it is sad in a trolling way. I mean it, and it is a very sad thing that a guy like Joel Embiid, who has not been to anywhere close to the place that the Sacramento Kings have been in, uh, and that's saying something. Like, I don't know how this team stays together. Honestly, moving forward, um, the process, I've said it once, I've said it twice, I've said it three times. The process is dead. The process has been dead. We're trying to put it back together uh, like operation, and it's just not working. We're trying to revive it with those two little paddles with the electrical concurrent on them. It's, it's no. It's dead. It's dead. 51 points by Tatum in the Game 7 route, a destruction, an embarrassment, or as Embiid and Giannis both like to say, steps to success. How bad is it? How bad is it right now? It is so bad that you have Ben Simmons on his Instagram from his living room with a glass of red wine taking a photo of the Sixers getting blown out by the Celtics by 30 and just posting it no context, just like, yeah, like they are just enjoying it. You know what I mean? He that red wine, a beautiful living room, and a photo of the TV of the Sixers getting destroyed in a game seven. Yeah, that's how bad it is. He is loving that. And that is the sad truth that Philly fans woke up to today. No more excuses. You don't have any other scapegoat left. Not even Ben Simmons can wash away the stink of this epic failure of a team. It is their third straight loss in the conference semis. You had Joel Embiid, the MVP. It is the year for him to show out the stats in this series. 22 points, 9 rebounds, and 2 assists. That's disgusting. That is garbage. Efficiency numbers, also terrible. 42% from the floor. He shot 20% from three. Getting absolutely locked up by a man who has his AARP card in Al Horford. Al Horford on Joel Embiid. Remember when P.J. Tucker said no one on the planet can stop Joel Embiid when he's aggressive? Turns out 40-year-old Al Horford can stop Joel Embiid. Harden, roller coaster ride. Had... A couple of insane vintage performances, which we've already talked about, but overall during the series, he's averaged 22 points per game, 42% from the floor, and 34% from three. And 
if you want to talk about comparisons to Ben Simmons, in the last three games of this series, Harden had no points in the fourth quarter in all of those three games combined. None. Zero. Zilch. He went 0 for 6 in the fourth quarter of games 7, 6, and 5. In fact, Ben Simmons had more points than James Harden in fourth quarter in that Hawk series where he basically ended his career right then and there. Five points, all free throws. And so now where are we at? The rumors are that James Harden is itching to get back to Houston. He has a house there. He's there in every off day. He's got a restaurant there, a beautiful, very luscious, you know, one of those foie gras wrapped steak lobster deals, you know, that kind of a deal. There's a lot of strip clubs there I'm sure he loves. His, he loves Houston. Now Ime Udoka is there. Another rumor is also floating around that Harden may be going to Phoenix. You know where the rumors are not? That he's coming back to Philadelphia. Like, I don't hear any rumors of Harden excited to return uh, back with Daryl Morey and Doc Rivers. Harden was asked after the game in a scrum, hey, what's your relationship like with Doc? And what did Harden say? Did he reap, like, praise? Oh, I love Doc. We've got a strong relationship. So good. He said, uh, it's okay. And just left it at that. Does that inspire confidence? Does that, is that a ringing endorsement for Doc? No. What did Doc say about James? He said, I think overall he enjoyed being here. When you got to add um, an overall to it, that means there were some places he did not enjoy it. He said, you know, it's tough for him. We asked him to play a little different than he's always been accustomed to. I think it made us a better team. But unfortunately, I thought for James at times, it wasn't always best for him. But he still did it. And, you know, we appreciate that as a coach. You know who didn't appreciate it? Probably James Harden. He probably didn't appreciate it at all. Back to what I said before. No excuses. You don't lose because Harden went to Brickville in the fourth quarter. You didn't lose because Embiid settled for mid-range jumpers instead of attacking the rim. You didn't lose because Embiid was hurt for yet another playoff series. The Sixers didn't lose because Doc Rivers continued to freeze in a big moment. The Sixers lost because of all of these things combined. There's not one person or one thing to point the finger at. They lost because this team was never as good as anyone thought that they were, and that goes all the way from Daryl Morey down to Doc Rivers, to players like Embiid, to Harden, to role players who are overpaid like Tobias Harris and George Yang and Tyrese Maxey and P.J. Tucker and all of them and everyone, all of them. The question is not how to tweak this roster and fix it. The structure is broken. I think we now know major changes need to happen in order for them to figure out a path forward over and above where they've continuously been and hit their ceiling on. The glass ceiling is obviously there. They can't get to the conference finals. So how do you do that? Who do you keep? How do you build a team around them? Because 10 years in the process has told you that this team is no better than a second-round exit. So that's if you aspire to more, you need to change it. You've got to make radical changes that this franchise has avoided for a decade. What does that mean? If you're honest, if you're honest, who's the major trade piece that you have and you can get a lot for? Well, you know, Harden's a free agent, so it's not him. Tobias Harris is overpaid, so it's not him. Tyrese Maxey's very young and very cheap, so 
You could probably get something back for him, but if we're really honest, the only real trade chip that this team has is Joel Embiid. That is a tough pill to swallow. And do you trust Joel Embiid to be healthy enough to build a winning team around him? The answer is maybe not. He's one of the best players in the NBA. But if you look at his numbers, he's missed on average 23 regular season games per year during his career. That is not counting the full two seasons that he missed with his foot injury. When you miss 30% of the regular season every year, like just you can just like book that. You can just just pen it in. Not even pencil. You can just pen that in. Uh, and that's not even the full story. Like when Joel Embiid's not missing 30% of a regular season, he's also nursing injuries from missing multiple games in the regular season. So given that he's almost 30, he's had numerous health issues. Is there a greater or lesser chance that he's going to miss more or less time in the future? Probably more. And then second, given the health concerns, do you think you can build a championship team around him? The answer is probably no. Uh, If you can't answer yes to both of those or either of those, then the sad and painful truth is you probably have to move on from Joel Embiid. I love Embiid. I think he's one of the most dominant players in the NBA. I think he could be a really great pairing for another player like, I don't know, Damian Lillard. That's just me, very unbiased fans take, but... In what postseason has Joel Embiid ever been healthy? Can you recall one? I'll answer for you. Never. Literally never. Uh, When he got drafted, multiple years he missed, remember, just like total seasons. 2018, his first playoffs, fractured orbital bone. 2019 playoffs, knee injury. 2020, ankle injury. 2021, torn meniscus. This is all playoffs. 2022, as you remember, fractured orbital bone. This year, 2023 playoffs, sprained LCL. That is literally insane. So if he's your all-NBA guy and you can't rely on him, is he the star of a championship team or is he a really, 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 really good role player who can drop 40 at any time? Now with the rumors that James Harden is on his way to Houston, Doc Rivers might have coached his last game in Philly, this team is at a crossroads. It will be very fascinating to see which direction they go next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So does John Morant, like, have a gun on him, like, every time he walks out of the door? Because like, that's kind of how it feels, doesn't it? Like, it's, uh, it's like that, that Snoop Dogg song where he's like, put oil of LA on my skin because my skin gets pale. And, like, I put my 
doggy underwear on and then I put my jaw gun on inside of my sock. Like, where, what is happening with John Morant? Like, the reason I ask this is because every time you hear about John Morant, every time he's doing something outside of a basketball court, there's a gun. Every time. The latest is Saturday on Instagram. I don't know, cute little Mother's Day Eve uh, stroll around the block listening to NBA Youngboy, and one of Jaw's friends was I on IG Live with like 135 people on it. Why? Who knows? Dumb. And so he's like doing something. I don't know. He pans over to Jaw, and Jaw just, just, I don't know, like does something twisty with the gun. The friend's like, oh, shit. Uh, fuck. Jaw. IG Live. Gun. Bad. Drops the phone. And somebody um, that was watching one of those 135 people screenshotted that one half of a second, literally a half of a second, they showed Jaw with the gun in his hand near his head doing whatever he was doing. And now you're dead. You're done. It's a wrap for you. He was on IG Live with the gun for less than a half a second. Screenshots, internets, spread like wildfire, and now we got it on every single ESPN, Fox Sports, TMZ, everywhere. So where are we at? Now, according to Woj, Jaws expected to face a lengthy suspension. Uh, not because of there's been some legal breach like it was in Shotgun Willies, but uh, because it was conduct detrimental to the league, meaning, hey, Jaw, you're fucking with our money. And and I think one of the most astounding things about this offseason that we're still talking about Jaw around guns. Like, remember, he admitted to making some terrible mistake. Remember, he said he went to counseling for two weeks to get better and, like, learn better coping methods. And he promised us he would never be in this situation again. And Adam Silver believed him like a schmuck and gave him this soft penalty. Two-game suspension plus the six he had imposed on himself with that time in therapy. And Jaw said this in his interview with Jalen Rose. been there. You are holding a gun. And we both know how dangerous that can be. Whose gun were you holding? Well, the gun wasn't mine. Um, you know, I, it's not who I am. I don't condone and, you know, any type of violence. Um, but I take you know, full responsibility you know, for my actions. Um, made a you know, bad mistake. Um, and I can see uh, the image you know, that I, I painted you know, over myself you know, with my recent mistakes, but you know, in the future, um, I'm gonna show everybody who John really is. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm about, and um, you know, change this narrative. And uh, narrator says he did not uh, change the narrative at all. I know how dangerous that can be. I don't condone violence. That that gun wasn't mine. Like, and that was a lie. Either Jaw has a gun on him at all times and plays with it like it's a toy. Or he has friends that just allow him to play with their guns, whether they're loaded or not loaded, and play with their guns like toys. Either way, uh, dumb, very, very dumb, extremely dumb. Can we be honest about this for a second? The dumbest thing about this is that there's a lot of smoke already around Jaw at this very moment. At this very moment that we sit, he is being sued by someone a kid, a minor, that he beat up because the kid threw a basketball at him. That's happening right now. Right now, the NBA is investigating Jaw, and they have been investigating Jaw for over a year for multiple incidents surrounding a gun. 
multiple incidents surrounding a gun. His lawyers know this. His advisors know this. John Morant knows this. Okay. He got a light suspension just two months ago. The NBA, the all-NBA list came out, I don't know, what was it, three days ago? John Morant was left off the list because of this incident with a gun at Shotgun Willie's, and he ends up losing out on $40 million. And, okay, so there's heat on you, jaw. Three days later, what do you do? You're hanging out, flashing guns with dudes who call themselves Double Tap 2. Double Tap, a.k.a. Two Shots to the Head, Double Tap. The guy's name on Instagram who filmed that, D-Tap 2, Double Tap 2. If you can't tell that the D is for tap, double, it's because he also put the 2 after it as well, D-Tap 2. So now you know. So you got Jaw with his friends who are all cosplaying gangbangers, crips, I think. And uh, this is like the kind of dude whose username on Call of Duty is like gangster for life forever and like uses skull and crossbones emoji like, okay, dude, yeah, we get it. You're like, you kill people. Oh, very funny, ha. And in doing all of this, he makes Adam Silver look like an idiot. You got the commissioner who gave you a light suspension, took you aside and said, okay, Jaw, like I'm going to give you a slap on the wrist because we want to see you in the playoffs, but like you have to promise me you're not going to do any of this dumb shit again. And he's like, okay, I won't do any of this dumb shit again. And he does all the same dumb shit all the way again. And you know it's bad because you got real deal 6-0 Crips going on TV and being like, yes, we don't claim him. He's not a gangbanger. He doesn't do any of this. He's an idiot. When you got 6-0 Crips being like, yeah, uh, this guy's dumb. We're, we're gangbangers and we think he's also dumb. Like, you're dumb. And now instead of us being like, okay, is this the year that Jaw finally wins an MVP? Is this the year that Memphis breaks over, breakthrough? We have to say, oh, is this the year that John Morant misses an entire fucking year of basketball because he's so dumb that he can't stop playing with guns on IG Live like a 15-year-old girl on Snapchat? That's, that's where we're at in the conversation with Jaw. He's probably going to lose a half a season at least. That's where we're at with Jaw. He is going to miss a half a season in the prime of his career just because he can't stop cosplaying a 6-0 crip for whatever reason. He thinks that makes him cool and tough and like closer to NBA young boy. So, so very dumb. This is going to be the biggest story not only of the offseason, but this year's regular season too, and there's only one person to blame, and he doesn't have an IG account named DTAP2. Alert! Alert! The Phoenix Suns have fired former coach of the year, Monty Williams, less than a year after inking him to a lucrative extension. Matt Ishbia has literally wrote, written Monty Williams a $20 million check for him to go bye-bye. Dame wave. See you later. So some people are shocked, but uh, I guess when you lose two closeout games by 30 um, in consecutive years, the writing's probably on the wall. So my thoughts on this are as follows. I think part of the reason that Monty Williams got fired is the same reason that he won Coach of the Year, which is he can take a team from 18 wins to the finals. Can he take them to win a championship? The answer, very clearly, is no. He's reached a point where his ceiling was met when the rosters were good enough to win a championship. We don't know what that ceiling is for Wes Unsell Jr. because he'll never have a roster that good. But we now know that Monty Williams is not good enough as a coach to reach a championship. We have seen Monty Williams' problems in terms of in-game adjustments. We see that he shortens his rotations in the playoffs to the point where it is detrimental 
to the team. And now it is coming out that he is rubbing players the wrong way. And if you believe that Aiton is a super talent and you think he can become a cornerstone of your team moving forward and Aiton is at a crossroads and an impasse with Monty Williams, one of those two guys has to go. One guy is making max money for the next five years and one guy is not. So the guy that's not making max money and your new new owner, Ishbia, you gots to go. Uh, second, and then you add in Matt Ishbia, who's like, I guess they said it on Twitter, and I think this is right. I think Matt Ishbia probably has main character syndrome, where he believes he is the protagonist in every part of the life that he's living. He is the center of the universe. That's like, I don't know, it's like shocking that a billionaire would be like an egomaniac, but it is, it's possible. Um, so Joe Psy vibes I'm getting from Matt Ishbia. Wants to make splashy trades, wants to get in uh, to the kind of like Rob Plink a little bit. Like, wants to own the narrative, wants to make a splash, not afraid to spend money because he wants the narrative to be on him. He wants, now he's running the ship. Apparently, he has taken control over all basketball operations, which, like, that's never been bad before when an owner has, like, taken over and not delegated to people who are smarter or more invested in basketball than him. Like, but whatever, it's his team. He owns it now. So there's a lot of chatter about where Monty is going to go next, and we'll talk about that in a second. But what I think is really interesting is who Matt Ishbia is going to hire next in the main character syndrome. Uh, well, Matt Ishbia from Detroit. There are a couple of names that are circulating I think would be awful. One is Tom Izzo. I, do you think Tom Izzo and DeAndre Ayton are going to get along? Like, if Monty Williams didn't get along with DeAndre Ayton, I promise you a college coach who has been leading in his own, like, control freak kind of way is not going to vibe with DeAndre Ayton. And then the second is uh, maybe even worse, uh, Isaiah Thomas. Isaiah Thomas, the guy who ran the Knicks into the ground uh, as a GM and head coach combo. This could get ugly fast. This could get real ugly real fast. In terms of Monty, I think that Monty should go to a place that is like what Phoenix was when he took over, you know, an 18-win team, like the Detroit Pistons, a team that has a bunch of young talent that needs to get a culture set. Uh, as for the Suns' next coach, like I said, they're interviewing Nick Nurse. They're interviewing Mike Budenholzer. They are rumored to also be interested in Ty Lue. I like all those names personally much more than I like Isaiah Thomas or Tom Izzo. I would personally like someone like Jordy Fernandez from the Kings or maybe a Becky Hammond from the Las Vegas Aces, but I very, very doubt that Ishbia will hire an unknown. The bottom line is this. You now have three coaches of the year in the past five years who are now unemployed, four if you count Dwayne Casey, two of whom have won NBA championships. All I can say it's a cold world out there. It's a cold, cold world. Whether it turns out to be the right decision or not, all depends on what comes next. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I think there's a lot of fans of the NBA who believe that there are players out there who are playing in the NBA who are not very good. I think that there are casual fans and hardcore fans who think to themselves, like, is it possible that there are like a, a group, a pretty large group of players who just don't actually like the game that they're paid millions of dollars to play? And we don't really have any evidence for that. We don't have anything to substantiate our, our claims, our beliefs, our, our anecdotal evidence of just lackadaisical complacency that we see on a night-to-night basis. Well, DeMar DeRozan is cooking a quarter of the NBA and is substantiating the things that we have been thinking for a very long time. What did he say? Uh, Brace yourself. A quarter of the players in the NBA absolutely stink. That's like 100 players. That's literally like 100 out of the 450 players. DeMar DeRozan has put a stamp on it. They fucking are trash. They stink. They shouldn't even be here. I cannot tell you how many times I've seen media members, included myself, just get cooked by fans saying, oh, I say, oh, this player stinks. X, Y, or Z stinks. They are not very good. And they're like, you don't know. These players are professionals. You don't know. They're in the NBA. How can you say that? They're elite guys. They're elite athletes. You're just some Karen out there. No. Comparatively to the other guys who don't stink, these guys stink. There are guys who cannot play at an elite level, which is what we're talking about. Do not take my word for it. Take Paul George and DeMar DeRozan's word for it. How did you feel about the tweet that LeBron sent out? Bronny was better than some current NBA guys. We do guys a lot of sorry motherfuckers in the league. I'm going to be honest. (laughs) No cap. I'm the type of dude, I keep my opinions myself. I chill. I play the backseat. But being in the league so long, you realize how many motherfuckers don't love the game of basketball, who take it for granted, who feel so entitled, who just want everything that come with it, but don't want to put the work in. Mm -hmm. It's so frustrating. You know what I mean? Like we played in an era where you had like earn everything. So Mm -hmm. you got so many guys coming in thinking like they just should be playing because they homeboy told them they nice. Mm -hmm. And it's like, bro, you're not good. So I definitely got Brian's standpoint of that because you'll be surprised. It's a good, what is it, 450 of us? It's a good 75 to 100. Stinks. Stinks. Good dudes, though. (laughs) Good dudes, though, but they stink. Like, they fucking suck. I can't tell you how much I love this clip. Anytime somebody gets into my mentions and tells me that these players don't stink, I'm sending that clip right back to them. 75 to 100 players in the NBA absolutely stink for a long time in this league. So... What do you do when everybody on the floor was a number one option for most of their lives? You either adapt or you're fucking gone. Or I guess you sit on the bench uh, and throw soup at your colleagues and and get dropped like uh, Kevin Porter Jr. The Golden State Warriors, he would probably be one of those 75 guys. That's just 
That's just what it is. They want to smoke weed. They want to go to the club. They want to hang out. They want to get paid. And you know what? God bless them. But when it comes to playing actual basketball, they stink. And I'm going to tell, tell you, they stink. What do you do when you get life-changing money? Do you continue to grind or do you chill? That's really the deal. A lot of the guys are going to get the message. That message is 11 for 25 from the field and a plus minus of negative 18 is not going to get you to the place at the table for a long line for a long time in this league. So what do you do when everybody on the floor was the number one option for most of their lives? You either adapt or you're fucking gone. Or I guess you sit on the bench uh, and throw soup at your colleagues and, and get dropped like uh, Kevin Porter Jr. So I've thought this a lot about the NBA. Because it's kind of like a little office setting. You know, you got guys all put together. They didn't ask to be with one another. A lot of different personalities, a lot of different types of play. You've got coaches that come and go. They've got different systems that they want to run. Some of those systems deprioritize you and prioritize others. Other guys, you get traded, uh, and they come to your team. They change the dynamic. So what do you do? How do you try to fix things when they go sideways? And I think that's a question that teams probably have been asking for years. And I have been asking it very specifically about how does anybody patch things up with Rudy Gobert? How does anybody patch things up when this is a player that, like, is universally disliked? Oftentimes, over and over again, there's infighting. Nobody tells each other what the problem is. Uh, They get blown up. They start again. They don't communicate. Things go bad, guys get traded, they blow it up again, they fire the coach again, they trade a player again, over and over and over until they just have no picks, no capital, and a bunch of fucking dismal results. That's like the Charlotte Hornets. That's what I'm thinking about right now. So the Minnesota Timberwolves faced that same issue right in the offseason. They lost in five to the Nuggets, uh, and the difference between the Wolves and the team like the Sixers is they've got a star, a transcendent star, Ant Edwards, who is willing to put in the work. Ant Edwards, who has relentless... I strive to be as relentlessly positive as Ant Edwards. He's 21 years old, and he is maybe the the greatest dude in the league. He might save this franchise from themselves. as He p- could potentially save this franchise from maybe the worst trade in NBA history. Of course, I'm talking about Rudy Gobert. Like I said, universally disliked, came to this team universally disliked, punched his own teammate in the playoffs to the point where that other player is now going to maybe leave the team. And instead of Ant Edwards being like, yeah, we agree, this guy fucking sucks, uh, terrible trade, we got to move him, or whatever the case might, might be, he decides, what's he going to do? He's going to fix things with Rudy Gobert. He's going to patch things up, mentor Rudy Gobert. He is going to get their relationship as tight as it can be. It may seem like a tall order. Rudy is notoriously surly. But if anyone can do it, it is Ant Edwards, the 21-year-old player. Mind you, Rudy Gobert is 30. So that mentorship relationship is already fucking wild. So according to the Minneapolis Star Tribune, Ant Edwards is headed to France this offseason just to train all summer with Rudy Gobert. All summer. Yes, you read that right. According to Wolves beat writer Chris Hine, 
Ant Edwards is planning on heading to France to work with Gobert. From the outside, Edwards and Gobert didn't always seem to be on the same page. Edward always seemed reluctant to pass when working with him with the screen and roll game, and Edwards says that wasn't the case. I am stunned. I thought that there would be no way that this trade could get salvaged, but holy moly, Ant said this, I love Rudy. Me and Rudy got a great understanding. We talk all the time. I think he can get a lot better as far as catching the ball, jump hooking, and I tell him all the time, like, Rudy, I'm going to throw you the ball every time. I want you to jump hook or money dunk on someone. And he's like, I got you. So this summer we're going to get together to work on it in France. He's going to go to Aunt Edwards in France? I need this reality show. I need it. Not like, hey, Rudy, you French fuck, you've ruined our team. You come to my city and you train with me. No more baguettes for you, bitch. You're coming to me. No, no, no. He's like, croissant, bonjour. I'm coming to you, Rudy. Au revoir. Like, if anybody can make Rudy Gobert likable, it's Aunt Edwards. And you know who Aunt Edwards never said anything like this about? Never heaped praise on. Never went and traded with them in the offseason. Never said how much he likes them. Carl Anthony Towns. This is just further evidence that Carl Anthony Towns probably is on his way out because this team cannot work with two seven-footers. you got to choose one. One can't defend, one who can't score. There's a reason that the rumor mill is full of the talk about Carl Anthony Towns to the Knicks involving either R.J. Barrett or Julius Randle. Ant is going to be first-team All-NBA. He is the stake. And Carl Anthony Towns also has main character syndrome. So he might be on his way out and Ant Edwards is going to fully salvage the Rudy Gobert trade and maybe even Rudy Gobert's career as a result. If you are a Wolves fan, Ant Edwards, croissant, a bonjour. Like, that is the best news that you could possibly ever get. All right, finally, a quick note on our dubs. First and foremost, they need to figure out what's going on with uh, Bob Myers. The rumors around Bob Myers is that he's getting $20 million offer a year to go to a venture capital firm. He might just leave the NBA altogether in order for him to stay with the Warriors. It's going to take a huge bag. So that's that's point number one, which I have no updates on. I do have an update, though, on um, the big three and whether they're going to continue with the pool party thing. Uh, I wanted to illustrate something before the season started that I said. It was in, in the immediate aftermath when Draymond Green um, turned – Jordan Poole into Glass Joe from Mike Tyson's knockout that I said this here on the show. The Warriors are in turmoil and how a lot of things progress in Golden State will revolve around whether they can put this behind them. Uh, it turns out they did not put that behind them and now we don't just have anecdotal evidence, we have proof. Early reports out of the Warriors camp is that no, uh, our dubs, our dubs, did not put this behind them. Uh, according to ESPN's Ramona Shelburne, she interviewed a ton of Warriors staff and a ton of Warriors players, and this is what she had to say. Tension between veterans and younger players on Warriors never went away after Draymond Green's punch. Draymond Green's punch didn't just knock out Jordan Poole. It laid bare the tension between the older championship core and the younger players on the organization hoped would supersede them one day. It has never gone away, despite Poole's relative silence on the matter. This season. Oh, boy. Yeah, it turns out um, hiring a whole new staff to replace the current staff and actually branding it with a name called Two Timelines, uh, implying that one timeline would eventually be laid out to pasture, probably not great. 
uh, and the in the second timeline, thing, thinking that they're the second coming of a some sort of dynasty, probably also not great. Um, we've heard grumblings from Poole and Kaminga about playing time. Kaminga is said to be so angry that he thinks he's going to be traded if he doesn't get a full-time role next season. Uh, you've got Clay. That ends up affecting him, or Clay now is putting his foot down, and he's saying, well, fuck it. If you're going to give Jordan Poole $30 million, you better give me $40 million. And that's just not going to happen either. So now there's even more traction to a Jordan Poole trade on the horizon. Most recently, uh, as part of a package to Toronto for OG Ananobi. Don't hate that. Just like OG Ananobi and Andrew Wiggins together. Woo. Poole has been um, somehow not silent anymore, uh, even though he's been ducking the media up until now. He has not said really anything substantive about the punch, but he did say this to the ringer when they were asking him about his relationship with Draymond. It pretty much says everything that you need to know. He said, uh, we were just on the court teammates. It's just been business. Oh, boy. Doesn't sound like they've ever patched things up or ever will patch things up. This season is going to be written about. There's going to be a documentary about the death of the of our dubs. The death of our dubs. Call it that right now. And the main storyline is going to be the punch that took them down. The one punch heard all around the world. But whether Draymond Cole cocking Jordan Poole actually ended the dubs dynasty itself, that remains to be seen. That is all the time that we have for the Heat Check. We'll be back Friday for an all-new episodes. We are here with the conference finals. I'm going to be on the ground for the finals for the Boston element. We're not even going to add the heat into this. Like, they're not. Come on, right? Like, we know that. It's Boston. Check out the feed for past episodes and mini episodes, which drop every day, pretty much every day. And now follow the heat check as the 2022-2023 NBA conference finals are in full swing. Do not forget to download, subscribe, tell all your friends every single one of them and follow us on social at at this heat check and Trista Crick on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram. We will see you Friday, my friends.